Thanks for joining us today on the Women's Business Workshop podcast. This is your host and business coach, Robin Walker, helping female entrepreneurs and business owners like yourself to find more strategy and focus in your business so that you can reach your goals with less distraction and overwhelm. Welcome to the show. Today, we are talking all about strategic sales pages and how to be more confident with your sales copy. Erin Olila is with us today, and she is a content strategist and writer who believes in the power of words and how a message can inform and even transform its intended audience. Erin is also a speaker at the upcoming Lakeside Conference, and her session is entitled Strategic and High Converting Sales Pages. Welcome to the podcast, Erin. Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to finally get you on the show. I feel like we've been trying to get you to the conference for years as a speaker. I know. I would have loved to go a while ago, but I blame all of my reasons on not going on my children and birthing sure. them <laughs> around the same time <laughs> that you had a conference. Yeah. So this year's a great year then because it's online. So you'll be able to join us. I will. And they're not coming. No, no, <laughs> no, no. You could go check into a hotel for a couple of days during the conference. Maybe that's see you later, kiddos. <laughs> I don't have to travel, but I am going to travel away from them. Yes, yes, for sure. So sales copy and sales is something that um, a lot of us try to avoid and just hope uh, it's all going to just happen naturally so we don't have to sell ourselves. So you have the wonderful job of writing people's sales copy. I do. And I totally understand exactly what you're saying. Most of my clients that come to me either for copy coaching because they want to do it themselves or for copywriting because they're just, they've thrown their hands up and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, most of them come to me and I think their sense of frustration is that they have been trying so hard to like naturally offer their services or their products to people without being, you know, like a, the example of like a sleazy used car salesman. I think people, especially women, tend to equate sales as being something that's pushy um, and something that is takes a lot of really emotional toll on the person because there's getting over mindset of you know what they're offering is valid, whether they can offer a transformation in the sale. Um, and then again, at the same time, it's worrying about being pushy to the audience of offering what they have. But the problem of keeping your head down and just saying, oh gosh, like I hope that I make these sales by what I put on this very short, tiny sales page, like a landing page, which is what most sure. people do, um, is that is twofold. One, you're not making the sales. Um, I think a lot of people in business, they stay in business doing a lot of the bare minimum until they're really ready to invest in good sales copy because they are making just enough, uh, enough to get by, enough to feel confident that they can run their business, but they, are, they know that they're holding back a little and yet they're still too anxious to write that sales copy. Um, however, I, I say to my clients, and I've had this said to me before when I first started writing sales copy is, if you don't offer what it is you have to the world, then you're not helping them. Um, I think that more women would feel confident when it comes to writing sales copy if they looked at it from that lens of really being able to provide transformation to people to 
change their lives. You know, it sounds a little extreme, but it's true. You know, if, if what you have as a business owner can um, help someone and can take them to a different level, you're really not selling in a negative way. What you're doing is you're changing their life. You're, you're putting yourself out there as someone that can get them to the next level. So it's helpful to sell your product. Um, and I think that really helps people start to feel a little bit more at ease of knowing that the sales page isn't this um, forceful thing that they have to put on their audience. And if anything, a sales page is something that can help their audience. Yeah. And you don't, it's not like you're forcing people to go to your sales page. People right. have gone there by choice. So it's not like anyone shows up, chooses to go to your sales page, shows up and is like, oh, the nerve she's trying right. to sell to me on the sales page. Like, who does she think she is? They chose to go to the sales page. It's not like you are showing up in their LinkedIn DMs and spamming them. They, they're they choosing to go to your sales page based on your other content. So right. yeah, and that's if you what you should do there. <laughs> yeah. If you take it from that, if you think about it, like ignore um, getting people to a sales page, which really is its own sure. separate conversation. But if you just imagine that people are showing up to your sales page, you have to think to yourself as a business owner, like, if it's like going to a party, right? You show up to a party, but if there's no food there, if there's nothing to drink, if there's no music or entertainment, they're going to be disappointed. So a sales page has to provide certain elements to satisfy that person who shows up at the sales page. If they show up and they just see like a buy now button, then they will feel insulted because you have done nothing to prime them for that purchase. Um, and that might feel a little more sleazy, like who's Robin and why does she want me to buy this thing, right? Whereas if you actually put some of the information that helps them make a decision on their own, you're again, doing them a service by providing them um, the information that they need to make that informed sales choice, right? So another thing I talk to my clients about is, you know, we all have competitors. As a writer, I have tons of competitors in the market. And our competitors also could be doing a good or poor job with their sales content, right? So if someone comes to you because they need, let's say, um, sometimes you offer some type of organization product, right? They're also checking out your competitors. If one sales page just says like, hello, I'm Sally and I can help you organize your life, buy my signature course for $197 here, and that's all that you say, Whereas your competitor has all of the reasons why you might be struggling with organization, examples of what the course will cover, um, details about how those struggles are really related to X, Y, and Z. And those things can help them in the long term for future organization. That's going to make the person buying feel confident that the person that they're buying from has put the time and the effort and their skills into this course they're buying as an example. So approaching a sales page from a business point can be scary and it can feel like, um, like you're being a pushy salesperson. But if, again, if you treat it as a service or an offer to the people that are in your audience and you write from that perspective, then what you're really doing is you're helping them make better life decisions, whether it's personally or professionally. Um, and, and that is a service. So I think that's really 
sometimes if you can change your mindset around the selling aspect and think of it as an offer, I think that you can really go a lot further with the, the content that you put on your sales page. It's also going to repel the people that would be a bad fit for you. And I feel totally. like the more you have on there, not too much, but and we'll talk about that in a little bit. The people who see all of the information and realize this really isn't for me, that's saving you a lot of headache in the future mm -hmm. when they buy your item and it's not a good fit and they want their money back or they're leaving bad reviews. So it's almost you know a good way to funnel out the people that should not be working with you. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. That has been like my content theme this year or my, um, maybe I should say the way that I'm nagging my clients in the past six months. Repelling is the smartest business choice that you can make. Um, so much like conversation goes on, on about niching yourself in the business world. You know, like you should be a blank for this type of client. Like for me, for me, as an example, I have worked with a ton of coaches in the past two years. So some might call me a copywriter for coaches, which is fine. I, I love coaches. So call me that if you'd like. However, I still have to repel certain types of coaches. Someone who might have never worked with clients before is not the ideal client for me. I need my clients to be able to understand, you know, what their business is about. So what, that way I can write the best copy for them. And I use that as an example, but when it comes to a sales page, one of the best sections to have is this blank is for, this program is for, this product mm -hmm. is for, great fit this if. type of person. <laughs> you're not a great fit if, and I think people don't like that second section I said where you are repelling people, um, but it's so easy to repel people politely, to repel people mm -hmm. in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Um, and by doing that right away, you won't have to then one-on-one -on -one repel anyone. A lot of people will say like, can I leave that out? So that way I can just get on a discovery call with someone and see like whether we're a fit. No, you don't want to do that, especially no. depending on the price point. Because That's even harder. <laughs> yes, you have to, exactly. You have to then look someone in their face and say like, you might think you're a good fit, but you yeah. are not. And that's I think it not screams cool. of desperation too when it's like, but they might be a good fit or they, you know, maybe we could make it work for them versus mm -hmm. just sticking with, no, this is what the program is and this is who it's for. And again, if you reframe that to a sales page being an offer and not a, a push, the way that you're helping repel people is um, think about how many courses over the career of your of your business evolution you might have purchased and not used or were not ready for um, or had too much information in there for you. So it felt like a waste as a business owner. I know I've done that and I've hear, I've probably heard that from most of my clients. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can repel people at a time where they're not ready for you, you will stay top of mind for them. You will always still sound like an expert because you're offering something great that they're already primed to buy. And then when they get to the point where they're ready to purchase, they'll be much more quickly um, ready to jump in and just purchase right away without having to work through the psychology of a sales page at that point. So it is a service to repel people. Sure. I'm wondering if one of the things that kind of holds female entrepreneurs back with sales pages is that they're not really sure what goes on them. And I know I see a lot that show up that look exactly the same or they're 42 million scrolls long. 
are they all using the same template or are templates a good thing? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I have such a love and hatred towards 42 scroll along sales pages. At first, as a writer years ago in the business space, I was like, why am I scrolling so long? None of this makes sense. Like, why did you tell me the same thing 14 times? Um, now that I've evolved in my career and I understand, you know, how sales pages are built, I understand why some of them are so long. Uh, par partially the, to answer that really quick, it's just because not every buyer has the same amount of information and not every buyer is primed to purchase at the same level. So the reason they, some sales pages are so long is because the people who might either take longer to convince or need more education, they need to spend time on the page. Some sections for them will be what convince them to purchase. Other people don't need that, right? So that's why it's great to have buy now buttons throughout the page, or at least one of those buttons that can scroll you down to the bottom that say like, are you primed to buy? Just click here and you don't have to yeah. read the rest. You know, I love those buttons. Yeah, yeah. let's just get to it. <laughs> um, so I am someone who is completely against templates because I am a firm believer that every business is different and the services and the products that are offered have different needs. Um, and they have different audiences, right? So it doesn't always work that you can take a fill in the blanks template and then be able to translate that in a way that brings you sales. That being said, I do think that there are some key aspects that need to go on a sales page in order to do everything that we've talked about here. You know, first you have to um, pinpoint what their problem is. Um, they need to self-identify on the beginning of a sales page. So that way they understand why they're there. You made up a great point before, like if they're on your sales page, if they've already gotten there, then, you know, they meant to be there. But sometimes people will click over to a sales page because it was shared by someone else they trust. You know, if there's an affiliate link going on and they don't know you or they're randomly scrolling on social media and by luck click on it, not because they've been primed by you to purchase. So first they need to self-identify. That's one of the most important things. Then, and you do that by, you know, pointing out what their pain points are and pointing out that they can potentially transform away from those pain points. But you also have to build rapport with them. Um, they need to know who you are, why you understand their problems and why you are the expert to help solve them, the, the problems that you have. Um, depending on what you're offering, whether it be a service or a small or large price product, you need to talk about the features. You know, that's really just the nuts and bolts of what's being included in what you're offering, as well as the benefits. And those are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. You might want to um, work on that scarcity factor. And this is where I think a lot of people get tripped up. The scarcity is they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to... Um, repel because of the, the sales tactics, but there are ways to show urgency to purchase without really driving home someone's fears that they're going to miss on the opportunity. Um, and 
you also need testimonials. People love social proof, right? So there needs to be testimonials on the page that are related to what's being said. So that could be about you as a service provider, you as the uh, creator of the product, if you're in the section where it's building the rapport, um, or it could be about the product itself with clients who have uh, taken the course as an example, or someone who has purchased a product that has changed things for them. So all of those things are core pieces of sales copy, but I don't necessarily believe that they need, well, I think they need to have a certain structure, but I don't think that you can just have like a Mad Libs like approach to filling in that structure and have it be successful to make sales. We all know what the what the result of Mad Libs is. It's people laughing because it it doesn't go, it's not aligned with, with the story. Yeah. I think the problem with templates is they give people a false sense of security. So you see that um, the sections have been already outlined for you and it tells you what to say, except that you're putting in your product specifics there. In some cases, it's helpful and it works. You aren't staring at a blank page. You're able to um, use your skills, your brain to put the information in. But uh, in Mad Libs, as an example, if they ask for a noun and you give them a verb, the whole sentence is kaput. Or if you, like you were saying when we just started this, if you are, um, asked to put a verb in and you might use a verb, but it's still not really related to what needs to go there from the, the stance of psychologically selling, of the stance of education, whatever aspect you are on your sales page, it's going to sound funny, right? Mm -hmm. So if you enter something on a template that's really just not meant to be in that spot, you're going to, your audience will think like, what do they mean here? Like, well, that must not pertain to me and start to tune out. And I will be the first to plug in here that not everyone should probably write their own copy as, as someone who, who doesn't want to write all of her own copy. Yeah. I am a huge advocate for people being able to write their own content. If they have the writing skills or the passion or the ability to edit their own work and work with someone like a coach who can help them. Um, but I'm also an advocate for just throwing your hands up and, passing it on to an expert. Um, I think that's what holds people back in their own business so often is that they might have fear to pass it on to someone, whether that fear be because it costs money to have someone to write a sales page, or whether that fear be because, you know, it's your own business and nobody can do it better than you. And I understand that as I've evolved in my own business, I've had those fears on my own for different things. Um, but the thing is, there are some people who can really do a good job of working with a coach. And I've worked, I work with many clients who have written their own sales content. Um, and it takes a few rounds. You have to be willing to hear constructive criticism without feeling as if you're someone's, you know, like insulting your baby. Cause it's not about your work. It's right. about <laughs> the end product, right? So you have to have a little bit of a thick skin to work with a copy coach. And you also have to be willing to just keep putting in the work. And if you can do that, that's awesome. However, as business owners, we have a lot to do. And sales pages are part of a launch. You cannot just create the copy for a sales page and expect that your audience is going to come to you and purchase everything that you have. There are other things that need to happen in launches. You need to do the emails for a launch. You need to do social media for a launch. I mean, all launches can be their own beast and, and not all needing the same things, 
but there's work that goes into it to make that sales page work for you. So I think that working with a copywriter and passing it off might be sometimes the best thing that people can do to take that one extra thing off their plate so they can put more energy in a different area that needs it for your launch. Sure. And I liked what you had said earlier about one of the problems with templates. And I find this in a lot of areas of business, whether it's your email funnel, your website, is that it's not a one size fits all approach. And so what might work for one person on their sales page might not work for someone else. And just really being true to who you are, because if you're a really down to earth, let's say counselor, you're not very fancy and you're just, you know, a really down to earth person and really relatable. And then they go to your sales page and it's this gold and blingy and shiny and it's, it's words that you don't use. It's going to feel misaligned and they're going to think they're in the wrong place. Yes, completely. Um, I feel like people, when they use templates, whether it be a design template or a copy template, they need to make sure that it still works with their voice And that right there, I think, is the perfect uh, follow-up to what I was just saying about whether you should hire a copywriter or be able to do it yourself, is understanding your marketing message and your voice well enough to have that play out, right? Um, Using someone as a counselor, as an example, if they are calm and um, their message is not overpowering, maybe they do videos on social media and they're, you know, they're just a calm person and they share their message and they end it, then you would not want them having like 18 exclamation points after like a sentence. Right. I'm just going to put a little plug here. No one should ever have 18 exclamation points after a sentence. Right. Yes. And use those exclamation points sparingly. I mean, (laughs) people and their exclamation points. When I went to my um, graduate program for my MFA, I had a teacher who said, you can use two exclamation points for the rest of your life. So make sure you choose the right time to use them. And ever since then, every time, Emails, I will be honest, I tend to use way too many exclamation points in emails to try to show my enthusiasm because I personally am not a calm entrepreneur. Um, (laughs) But when it comes to sales pages, that's one of the places people go wrong is um, sometimes just grammar, silly things like exclamation points, um, using question marks in places that it's not an actual sentence. And you wouldn't think that your audience cares about grammar. And they, they don't actually care about grammar. What they care about is the way that the message is um, shown to them. So if they're using that calm counselor as an example, if they absorb that person's online presence and then they go to a sales page where it's like, don't you wish you could do X, Y, and Z? Question yeah, mark, question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah. They're going to be turned off because they're going to say like, oh, that doesn't sound like them. So- yeah. That's where I think templates can sometimes go wrong is, you know, sometimes they're too dulled down. Sometimes you need a lot more emphasis in certain situations. And sometimes they are just not matching your voice. So just to complete my thought, because I can go in circles sometimes, if you know your voice really well, if you know your marketing message really well, it will be easier for you to write your own sales pages and not work with a a copywriter. And it sounds counterintuitive, right? Because it sounds like, how could I ever get this copywriter to know how I speak or what my message is? But really, that's what we're trained on. We're trained to be able to write in the way that the business um, voice is. And sometimes we understand a business voice better than our clients do. 
And, and that's why it can make it more simple to hand that over to someone. Sure. So interesting. You are going to be speaking at the conference um, at February 22nd and 23rd about strategic sales pages. So what can people expect as far as, um, because we talked about a lot here, but what specifically are you going to go into more detail on during that workshop? Sure. I'm really excited for this workshop because I think that it's going to be really helpful for those people who are in between those two areas, like VR will be the people there who want to write their own sales pages, or at least if they're considering hiring someone, they want to know that the person who writes it for them is going to do a good job. So what we'll do is we'll talk about the key elements of a sales page. I talked today about, you know, having to build rapport and having to talk about the pain points and the features and the benefits. Um, And while I am anti-template, I will talk about what every section is that needs to be on a sales page. So if you come to my class, what you'll see is um, we will kind of break it down and, and, and use analytics to talk about why you would say something in one area versus another. Um, a lot of the times when I do work with people for copy coaching and they, what they want to know is, how do I know what to say when, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I know I need to talk about the pain points, but, but don't I need to reintroduce those pain points later? Like, when do I say these things? So we will talk away about a way to stack um, the core elements of a sales page. And then we will also do something where we will talk about the difference between long form sales pages and short form sales pages. Um, A lot of people think that you need those 42 scrolls on a sales page to get to the bottom to make any money, but sometimes you can make a great amount of money with short form sales pages, especially if your audience is more primed for a product um, or the price range is a specific area. So we will talk about the difference and then what needs to go on each, either the long form needs this and the short form needs that. So interesting. And I already know one of my questions I'm going to ask you in there is, does it matter who is in your audience for if it should be a short form or a long form? For example, I do not like the long form. And I usually, when I get to a sales page, I'm already ready to buy because I've already done my research and I know what I want to do. So I can't stand the long ones personally. So it would turn me off, but I might not be everybody's ideal client. So that's something I'm going to ask you about in, in the workshop. I'm prepared for an answer, but I'm not going to give my answer right now. So we can have people come to the workshop and find that one out. All right. I love it. When you are ready to buy your ticket, you can go to womensbusinessworkshop.com forward slash lakeside conference, and it will get you all set up. You can check out the sales page (laughs) for the conference. I should have had Aaron audit that first. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure you got all those key points that we talked about on your sales page. It's our fifth year. So each year it changes a little bit as we learn, as we learn more. That can I just say that is such a great thing for you to share with your audience. I feel like sometimes people think that when they create something like a website or a sales page specifically, that what they are doing is building this foundation that can never ever be torn down. 
And it is a foundation. But if you think about building a house, as an example, you know, you have your hard stone foundation that holds up all those wood walls, or I mean, I don't actually know how to build a house, but this is how I'm imagining it happen in my head, right? (laughs) So what will happen though, is like, you can build additions to houses, just Mm -hmm. like you can for a sales page. You can tear things down, (laughs) you know, exactly. Remodeling is the best way to grow your business. So when you, if you are investing in a copywriter, Don't look at it as this is the one time for that I will ever do this and it needs to be perfect. You will get a great result, but every time you re-offer something or you adjust the way that you present this offer to your audience, you will need to work on your sales page and just to make it stronger, make it better. Yeah, for sure. Erin is also generously donating a prize for our giveaway during the conference. And she'll be giving away a sales page audit that's valued at $595. Thank you very much, Erin, for donating that. You're welcome. And I'm so excited to find the winner and be able to dive in on their copy and see what's working and what can be improved and where they can get high fives because they're already doing an awesome job. Yes. Well, it's been great having you on the show today, Erin. Where can everyone find you online? Uh, you can find me on my website, which is erinolilla.com. I know that's a mouthful. Uh, there's two L's and then one L in that last name. And I know Robin will have that typed out for you. Um, yep. Or you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram at the same name, at Erin Olilla on both accounts. Um, if you would like to have a sales page primer, which is basically a lot of what we talked about going in more detail, you can download that from erinolilla.com slash lakeside. Um, and I hope you come to the session because I think that it's going to be very generative and we can get a lot done together and build out sales pages that are really offering something to your audience. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. All right, everyone have a great day and go get back to work. 